praise God. Amen. What a great testimony. So thankful. You need to really pray for them. They're right outside of D.C. And if there's any place in America that needs the touch of God on it, D.C. needs the touch of God. Amen. Such a delight to see all of Brother Mitch's family. Thank you for staying over. All over the... Uh, from, I think some from Atlanta, Seattle, uh, Washington, all over. We're glad that they made it down. What is a beautiful day yesterday for Mitch and Trish. We're thankful for what God's doing in their lives. For a few moments today, I would like to take you to the word, Revelation chapter 3. And one verse of scripture, Revelation chapter 3, verse number 20. If you have it, uh, you can read along with me. If you don't have a Bible, look up on the screen. Behold the word. And the scripture says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. Amen. I want to talk to you for just a few moments this morning about all that God desires. Everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Who among us this morning has not heard it said at some point in life or by someone or about someone along life's highway that they never had a chance. They never had a chance. For that person, it would appear that everything in life was against them. It would conspire to uh, limit their opportunity and it would appear that All has been unsympathetic to their birth. And there are many reasons that one could say that about an individual, that they never had a chance. They never had the chance. Perhaps it lies in their ancestry or their their lineage, their parents. Perhaps they were cradled amid wickedness and they grew up among the evils and the vice and the worst of circumstances and it would seem a fair assessment of an individual that comes from that kind of setting to say of them they never had a chance. But I want to talk to you about one this morning who numbers among that sad group of those that never had a chance that you might not even consider. One that never had a chance. He never had the opportunity. And that one that I have come to talk to you about this morning in the lives of innumerable men and women around the world, that one who has never had a chance is none other than God himself. He has never been given the opportunity to do what he 
is capable of doing, never given the opportunity to be who he says he is. And the question that I would pose to you in the beginning of my message this morning is simply this. Have you ever really given God a chance? Have you ever really given God a chance? In your present situation and amid your present circumstances, are you giving Him an opportunity at this moment? You say, preacher, what do you mean by giving God a chance? I mean simply this. Have you ever done more than just think about Him? Have you ever done more than just talk about Him? Have you ever done more than argue against Him or criticize or critique what might be said about Him? You might protest to me this morning and say, why do I need to give God a chance? If He is God, He can do anything He wants to do. If He is what you say He is, omnipotent and omniscient, then he should be able to do anything he desires to do. He has the irresistible power of heaven at his disposal. And if he wills to do something, then if God wants it, then God can have it. He could do what he wants to do because he is God. He could force his way in if he need be. He could make a way if he had to. But there's an amazing thing about God that most people never stop to consider. And that one thing is simply this, that God will never and would never violate your will. He would never. He will never force His way into your life. He will never knock the door down. He simply declares in Scripture that I stand at the door And I knock. Now again, you might argue with me that if he yearns to enter in and he has such power, then why does he not just open the door and come in? Because the marvelous answer to that is simply this. He will never do that. He will never do that, though he is clothed with the power and the might of heaven If he enters into your life or into my situation, it will only be because I gave him the opportunity and I opened that door to him. You see, when God made man, he made mankind in a wholly different level than all the rest of creation. He spoke all those things into existence. But when he came to man, the Bible said that he formed him from the dust of the earth. The word in the original indicates a a purposeful plan, not just uh, a thought, but a design well thought out and calculated. And so when God created man, he created me different than the animals and the creatures of the sea. 
who are guided by an instinctual nature that is in their DNA that makes them do the thing that they do because of who they are. They're a fish and so they swim and they breathe the way they do. They're a a, a bird of the air and so they fly and they migrate at certain seasons. Not because they have a watch on their leg or a timepiece around their neck, but because intrinsically inside of them, God put something there that made the swallows go to Capistrano and he made the, the geese to fly from Canada down to the south in the winter to preserve themselves. That's what God made in creation. But when God made you and I, He made us different than all of those other creatures. He made us with a will. He made us with the ability to choose. And by forming man as He did, listen to me, the almighty God self-limited himself. The God who can do anything. The God who did everything. The God who can do the impossible. When he made man, he limited. He put a boundary around those powers and around those mercies and around that grace. And for you and I to enjoy them, something has to transpire on my side of the equation, not on God's side. Because God has already done it. He's already provided it. He's already made a way for it. He's already spoken into existence. He's already written it in His Word. What He's waiting on this morning is somebody in this congregation that will step across that threshold and say, God, I believe that Word applies to me today. I believe that Word is for my life. You see, God could never have a loving relationship with man If man's freedom was overborne by God's omnipotence. That is why if we are to know anything about God. We are going to have to open that door to him. That's why we have the door. And the handle is on our side. If you ever want to know what God is. You're going to have to give him a chance to prove it. Show it. Let you know what he is. You'll never find that out by speculation. Nor can you find it out by what someone else might have said about him. And the sad tragedy is there are millions of people living on the face of the earth that are living on somebody else's twisted view of God. I want to talk about your view of God today. I want to talk to you about what God wants to say to you. You may be living out someone else false narrative about God. You may say that you have a great deal of affection and care and thoughts of God, but a thought is not sufficient. But if we have ever given God a chance, it will move beyond a mere thought, but it will translate into our actions. He never can know the wealth of God's affection unless he first opens the door and lets him in. 
I hold in my hand today some very precious seeds. Squash, yellow straight neck squash. Beautiful, delicious. If they're cooked right, you can fry it, you can bake it, you can boil it, you can do just about it. You can't hardly mess squash up. Bell peppers, all kind of colors and flavors. I thought it would be interesting to read to you all the things that they say about this squash. It's from the Ferry Morse Company and it's been in business since 1856. This seed is guaranteed to grow. Guaranteed. Every one of them It is early and it is prolific. As a matter of fact, they say that you plant these in a mound with five seeds per mound. And when they begin to come up out of the ground, you pinch off the two weakest and only let the three largest grow. And they do grow. And they grow into plants like that. And somewhere in the summer season, you'll be able to cut that off and cut it up and boil it or cook it or fry it and have a delicious meal. Every one of these seeds has the potential to become that right there. It says on this packet of seed that it's America's choice. It says that it performs best It is said to be an all-American selection. It is exceptional in its productive variety. And it bears fruit that are delicious to eat. And its flesh is tender. That's all on the packet, folks. I'm not making this up. The flesh is tender and it is delicious. And it's high in vitamin A. Squash. That's bell pepper. Seeds that are guaranteed again to grow. They're called the California wonder. Perfect for salads or soup ingredients. One of the best large bell peppers ever. They're crisp and they're thick fleshy uh, bulbs. And they're mild and pleasant in flavor. And they are high in vitamins A and B. Would anybody like a bite? I'm glad I know that about this seed. We'll see what happens. We'll see this, perhaps, what, what's it, three months? Yeah, I think it says three months I should have some fruit of some kind. Now remember, y'all set the date three months from now, come back. We'll see what happens. Now, I'm being facetious, and you know that. But the point is simply this. It doesn't matter the properties or the qualities or the characteristics or the trait or the productivity or the flavor or the wonders that it can add to your life or the vitamins that it can infuse your body with. I could give you even greater things to say about these precious seeds. But the fact is, 
if you don't put these in the ground and give them a chance. If you don't give this a chance, then all that it will ever remain is just a possibility. Just a potential that you can talk about. And that's how it is with God. There's, everybody's got some concept of God. Everybody's got some thought of God. But they've never taken time to take that seed and plant it in the soil of their own heart and see what it can produce in their life. They've always been content with just talking about it. But I've come today to speak to somebody. You need to take the seed that God has given you and you need to plant it in the soil of your life and watch God do what He said and promised that He would do in your life. This will never become a reality with me just talking about it. It will never produce its fruit by me just holding it, admiring it. Oh, that's pretty. Doesn't that make you hungry? I didn't eat breakfast this morning. I'm hungry. I could eat bell peppers right now. Oh, my. My appetite. I'm talking, this is, I'm I'm holding so much potential right now, I feel like I'm going to (laughs) explode. But the fact is, it will never yield a harvest until I give it the opportunity. And all God is waiting on for some of us to do is just give Him the opportunity. He's just waiting on somebody to reach out and take that handle and turn it. And open it. That's all God desires. Because if you'll open the door, then He'll do the rest. He'll make that happen. He'll turn this into that. He'll take the seed and He'll bring it to fruition. All the color and all the beauty and all the flavors and all that it needs is just a chance that somebody would believe it and put it in the ground and let God do the rest in your life. And if you will ever allow God to do what He desires to do, it will always be good for your life. If I am ever to know the powers that reside in God and the healing grace and the mercy and the strength to deliver and the power to transform my life, I've got to do more than just think about Him or talk about Him. I've got to put the seed to work. If I am ever to know that there is a God who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that I ask or think, I'm going to have to give God the chance to prove that in my life. You see, God doesn't fear you putting Him to the test. As a matter of fact, in the Old Testament, He said, prove me and see. Bring your tithe to the storehouse. Prove me and watch what I will do. Amen. I'm talking to somebody here this morning that God would like for you to know 
that all that he really desires is just the opportunity. Just the opportunity. If you would just turn his direction, if you would just heed his voice, if we ever know all that there is in God, it is not enough to learn his attributes and read about his promises, but we must give God the chance to do that. If you want to know what he can do for you, you will have to give him that chance today. How do I do that? You don't know how to do it? I'll tell you how to do it. It simply begins by trusting him to do and be what he says he is. Trusting him. Many of you did that when you got up this morning. You put your key in an ignition And you trusted that it was going to do what it was designed to do when you turned that switch on. That those batteries were going to ignite a spark and the fuel and the combustion would produce enough power and energy to cause those pistons to move. And here you are sitting in a comfortable pew air conditioned because you trusted that something was going to do what it was designed to do. I got up this morning and I flipped a switch. I don't know anything about electricity, but I sure do appreciate the use of it. But I trusted that when I reached out and I flipped that switch, that lights, if I paid my bills, lights were going to be on. And we paid them. Yeah. And so it is with God. If I am ever going to know all there is in God, all that I have to do, all that God really requires of me is that I just give Him the chance. Turn to your neighbor and say, give Him a chance. Come on, say it again. Give Him a chance. Give Him what He desires today. And that is that opportunity to prove that He is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you ask or think. Amen. 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 He can help you work it out. He can help you get through the mess that you're in right now. He can help you make sense of the misery that you're living through. You don't find this out by arguing or discussing or debating or talking or merely reading about him. You have to experience him. Peter found what he could do for him. Paul found what he could do for him. Blind man on the side of the road found what Jesus could do for him. The lepers found what Jesus could do for them. The prodigal found what he could do for them. The prodigal discovered what the father could do for him if he would simply get up and go home. There are many things that God would like to do for you in this place today. But you'll have to give him that chance. You'll have to open that door. All the confusion, all the hurt, all the pain, all the disappointment, all the disillusionment, all of the doubt and fear and the anger and the bitterness and the hatred and the strife, all of that, he can help you deal with all of that if you'll give him the chance. You can find these things by simply giving him what he desires. Don't let somebody else talk you out of doing that 
because it will be the greatest day of your life when you open that door and say, God, I need you today. I need you right now. I need you in my confusion. I need you in my broken home. I need you in my broken mind. I need you in my broken spirit. I need you in my broken situation. I need you to help me. I don't know what I need to do next. I need help. I need strength to go on. Amen. It may seem like a risk to you, but I challenge you to try him and see what he'll do. Amen. How do you give God a chance? You give him a chance by trusting him. Amen. When a physical malady in your body is discovered and you go to the doctor and he said, well, it's a tumor. We've got to operate to get it out of your body so it will not do any more damage. There comes a point in time when they wheel you into that room to prepare you and they start putting needles in you and, and the nursing staff and the doctors and hospital staff come by and they start talking to you about what's about to happen. And, and then there's this anesthesiologist person that's going to come by and they're going to explain to you, we're going to put you under, we're going to sedate you so you'll not feel anything. You won't even know anything happened. When you wake up, it'll all be over and you won't even remember all of this. And you know what? At that particular moment, you take a step to release yourself into their care because you trust them to do what they're skilled and taught to do. And that's all that God's ever asked of us is that we would step across that threshold and give Him the opportunity to do what he has always wanted to do in my life, and that is bless my life and touch my life and help me. Amen. When you fly, anybody fly? Yeah, not very many anymore, but... You know, I don't know anything about the pilot. I don't know anything about the staff that's going to be on that plane. Most of the time, I don't even know a lot about the plane itself. I don't know a lot about the... I don't read all those things about what engine and what statistic and what size. I just want to make sure it gets me where I want to go without any sudden exit. But though I don't know anything about the pilot and I don't know anything about the, the stewards, stewards and stewardesses, I, I don't know anything about the plane and the manufacturer where it's Boeing or some other manufacturer. When I take my seat and I strap my seat belt in only because I'm told to, I sit back and I place my life in their skilled hands because I trust them to do what they have been taught to do. Why is it so easy for us to do that but so hard for us to do this? Why is it so easy for us to allow them to pull us in on the gurney and strap our arms with bands and put needles and IVs and, 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 and go through all of the anesthesia? Why is it that it is so easy for us to yield ourselves to that 
And it's so difficult for us to simply get up out of a pew on a service, in a service, and just step to the front where the altar area is and say, God, I need your strength today. I need your help today. My family is in turmoil. My mind is wrecked. My heart is broken. I need your help today. Why is it so hard for us to do what God has always desired that we would do as his people. Amen. When we trust him, we give him a chance. Not only when we trust him, but when we obey him. No matter what God is able and ready to do, if I'm not willing to obey him, then I have limited his powers in my life. There were ten lepers that met him outside the city one day and they cried out for him to have mercy on them. And Jesus turned and in mercy said to these ten lepers, go show yourself to the priest and you'll be whole. Now, the strange part about all of that is that is one thing that they could not do because of their leprosy. They were not allowed to go to the priest. It almost became a catch-22. Once they became sick with leprosy, they were basically hopeless because they couldn't go to the tabernacle or the temple. They couldn't go to the priest. They couldn't be around their family. They couldn't socialize. And so here they are living in this isolated world and the Lord simply turns and says to them, go show yourself to the priest. Now, they could have stood there and argued, but we can't do that. That's impossible. That, we would have done that a long time ago if that would have made a difference. But the Bible simply says that they turned and they went. I don't think you'll find more powerful words in Scripture than those simple words. And they turned and they went. And as they went... They were healed as they went. You see, their healing was tied up in their obedience. Their healing was tied up in simply taking God at His word and acting on that word. And that's what is awaiting some of us today, a healing a touch from God if we would simply be willing to obey His Word. If He said repent, then what's so hard about repenting? God, I'm sorry. I'm a sinner. I've failed. I've done wrong. Forgive me. If I need to be baptized, what's so hard about that? There's water. It's already ready. If I need to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, what's so hard about that? It's a gift He wants to give. It's not something that He withholds from me. If I need help in my family, why is it so hard for me to ask Him when He wants to do that for me, when He longs? Because the Scripture says, Behold, 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 I stand at the door and knock. And if any man will open, I will come in. I will come in. Would you stand with me right now? Amen. It doesn't get complicated around here. It's pretty simple. 
when God begins to move and his presence is felt and sensed, it's time for people to realize that God is here on a mission, that he's here with a divine purpose. I want to help you. I want to bring healing. I want to ask any of you here today, if you need a healing in your family and a healing in your mind and spirit, would you, would you give God the opportunity to show you what He is capable of doing? Let's move beyond just talking about it and admiring it and thinking about it. Let's plant some seed today. If you've got a problem in your life that you don't know what to do with, why don't you give him a chance? Why don't you give him the opportunity to step into your life and do things that only God can do? That's all that he's ever asked from anybody in this building. Just give me a chance. Just give me a chance. Amen. I want you to reach over and take your family, your friend by the hand if you would, and I want us to pray together right now. God, I don't know who's in this building today that needs that door to be opened in their life, but I pray right now that you would give whoever that person is the courage to open that door right now that they would stop arguing about it, they would stop discussing it because discussion has gotten them nowhere. It hasn't produced any help. It hasn't produced any healing. It hasn't resolved any conflict. It hasn't taken care of any of those issues, Lord. I've got to have more. I've got to have your help. I need you to come into my life right now. I need you to touch my family today. I need you to minister in my heart this morning. I need you to bless today. I need you to lay your hand upon me. I need you to touch my mind. I need you to touch my family. I need you to strengthen my heart and my spirit. God, I pray right now that there would be a healing ministry that would come into this place right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Oh, I bless you today, Lord. I bless you today, Lord. I bless you today. Oh, yes, God, I trust you. I'm going to open my heart to you. I'm going to open my life to you. I'm going to open my mind and my spirit to you, Lord. I'm going to give you the opportunity, God, to do what only you can do. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I wonder why we're in this spirit of prayer. I wonder how many of you that have a need today, you really have a need that you desperately need God's help in. Would you slip out and come to this altar right now, believing that as you come, I'm planting some seed today. I'm planting some seeds today. Come on, do that right now, all over the building. Come on, come on. If you feel the touch of God, if you need to know something more about His grace, come on right now. Come on right now. Amen, that's right. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on. Yes, all He needs is a chance, just an opportunity.
just needs you to open that door. He just needs you to say yes to Him. He just wants you to say yes to Him. Holy Ghost, right now. Spirit of God. Oh, Lord.